Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world, you're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. Good to have you on the show, Jose. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Hadi. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Amazing, amazing. I'm, I'm very excited for this episode. But before that, let me just start with a quick introduction for our listeners. Dr. Jose Hamilton Vargas is the co-creator of Uper, an artificially intelligent personal assistant that helps manage emotional and behavioral health about benefits of all mental things. And I think you use an AI chatbot to assist therapy and mental health care, and you raised $3 million in, in seed route from Goodwater Capital. So from my observation, psychiatrist, which is your role in your previous career, is not the best example for tech early adopters. So take us back to the funding aha moment. How did it happen? Yeah, I must agree that we doctors, especially psychiatrists, like we are a little bit old-fashioned regarding technology. And so the aha moment for founding and creating Uber was back in Brazil. I'm from Brazil. And I was seeing patients back then. And after seeing more than 3,000 patients in my career, one day I asked a patient, why are you here? And the patient answered, because I exhausted everything that I could use. I talked to my parents. I talked to my family. No one was able to help me. I'm feeling so depressed. I'm thinking about killing myself. And I asked him, for how long are you feeling this? And he said, to my surprise, 10 years. I've been suffering alone for 10 years. That hit me. And then I realized that I was having and getting those answers for, for a long time as well. And I started having this feeling that I was failing my patients. It was more like I was there for them. I was waiting for them to look for help to get to me, but they weren't getting the help they needed. And we know that seeing a mental health professional, especially a psychiatrist, is intimidating, not to mention expensive. And I was always fond of technology. And I started asking myself, questioning myself, how can we use technology to make mental health care more affordable, less intimidating, and finally more accessible. In reality, accessible to more people in the whole world. And Uber started like that, was this quest for making mental health care more accessible. Amazing story. So... How does Uper currently work? Are you targeting the end consumer and you try to reach them out? Or you have a third parties you go to like hospitals or probably doctors like yourself that would refer them to Uper? We started as a purely consumer business, targeting consumers. We created this app. We launched this app on Apple Store and Google Play. That was back in 2017. And after some time, after 3 million users, we have 3 million users now, 
we will start getting some inbound interest from telehealth providers, from hospitals, from mental health providers and, and healthcare organizations in general, insurance companies, and even employers asking if, if they could use Uber as a, let's say, a digital front door to their mental health services, almost like a first responder. And we are exploring these kind of partnerships now. But at the moment, Uber is, is, is consumer. You download this, you download the app on your phone and you start having a conversation with this, uh, let's say, emotionally intelligent chatbot. We programmed the chatbot with cognitive behavior therapy and other evidence-based therapy techniques to help users regulate their emotions. So every conversation that you start with Uber is always starts with, how are you? How are you feeling? If you're feeling anxious, Uber will guide you through feeling less anxious. If you're feeling happy or proud or grateful, Uber will guide you in savoring that moment, in saving that moment for the future. I think sometimes we don't value those little moments of happiness and Uber helps us and he reminds us to celebrate those small moments, sometimes to help us in darker times in, in the future. That's great. If I may ask you, currently when the chatbot is trying to recognize your state and they ask this question, a lot of people don't actually know what they have. So I have family members who they're depressed, but they don't know that, right? They, because it becomes a normal state of feeling that they're living by either because they don't have access to the right people, they cannot afford it, or it's a stigma. As you said, this mental health, I'm much stronger than this. I don't want to share it. Would a bot be able to probe and figure out if someone is saying I'm anxious, but they're not anxious. Maybe they're sad, they're depressed, they're tense, things that they could have misrepresented, not willingly, but because they don't know. And then the chatbot goes in and they try to give them some sort of help to the wrong symptom or diagnosis? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Recognizing our own emotions, it's key. And it's the first step to connecting to, to ourselves, to becoming more aware of our emotions, how we are feeling, and our overall understanding of our own mental health. And asking this simple question, how are you feeling, is an important step. And because like on the day-to-day, -day, when people ask about, how are you doing? You say good and move on. We don't really share how we are feeling. And Uber is always presenting the users with this list of emotions. So it's almost like a micro mindfulness moment to think about you and only you. And sometimes you start thinking that you are anxious, but in reality you are sad and you can review that em those emotions as you are talking to Uber. At the end of each conversation, Uber will also prompt, how are you feeling now? We, you started feeling, let's say, very anxious. How are you feeling now? Are you feeling less anxious? Maybe you're feeling calm. Maybe you're happy. And you start paying attention to this change in your, in, on your emotional state. So answering your question, uh, the role of Uber is to become your emotional health assistant. Is a personal assistant for your emotions. And having this time 
dedicated to yourself, but having this assistant that's not non-judgmental is a chatbot that's basically helping you guide you in this journey of understanding yourself and understanding your emotions is a way to become more aware and recognizing your emotions that if you don't talk about them, you will never notice them. And then the longer you don't know your own emotions, the longer you stay in that state of numbness, depression, or sadness. Thank you for sharing this. So you mentioned you have around 3 million users, but early on, when you were just starting, how did people know about you? What early acquisition strategies did you start with to get people on the platform? Yeah, that was the case of the build and they they will come. And probably you're familiar with this quote. And I I remember the day we launched Uber and we had zero downloads. And I'm like, oh my God, we we are in trouble here. And what we did, we started building we start creating Uber to be very, very user-friendly with this language that wasn't a mental health care language, that wasn't a psychiatrist language, wasn't the language that I would use with my patients, but that was something much more friendly, almost like talking to a friend. And gradually, people started downloading and talking about Uber with their friends, with their family, And we started having more and more downloads of people recommending Uber. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And why don't you try Uber? We started seeing this on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and several other places. And we started gouging our users as well. When they downloaded Uber, we used to ask, how did you hear about us? And they used to say, most of them, from a friend, from a family, family member. And that was compounding over time. That's how we, we got our initial users. Since the beginning, most of the growth was organic, uh, driven by word of mouth. Did you do early on any non-scalable acquisition strategy just to get things into the door? Anything that you wouldn't do anymore at this stage after you have 3 million people? Well, we tried a lot of channels. We tried a lot of strategies. And the mental health space is, uh, let's say, it's a tricky space. Even word, word of mouth in mental health care is limited because it's not that easy to recommend a mental health app. There is a stigma. Even though a lot of people are recommending Uber and we try our best to remove stigma, to create a solution that's friendly, that's like not heavy, there is still stigma. It's easy to recommend maybe, I don't know, uh, Spotify, an app for listening to your favorite songs, but it's not easy to recommend a mental health app. Just like it's easier to recommend maybe a dermatologist to see your skin instead of talking, I'm seeing a psychiatrist. I think you should see this doctor as well. You're going to love it. It's hard. So in the beginning, we tried influencer marketing. It didn't work the way we, we thought that would. Google Ads, we tried Google Ads as well but wasn't effective the way we thought it should, mainly because our our audience is in the U.S. and the cost of acquisition, like we are competing with telehealth companies, we are competing with giants, and some of those companies, they are spending a huge amount of money and they don't care if they are profitable or not, and it's different from a seed round stage company like Uber. So 
in the beginning, we didn't spend any money with marketing because we didn't have that money. And after raising our seed round, we spent and we did some experiments. But even though what we thought that would be easy to scale or acquire more users outside of the word of mouth channel, uh, wasn't so easy as we thought because the competition is tough here. What has been the most challenging thing in building Uber? To me, the most challenging thing is to combine uh, science with engagement. There is this study showing that there are more than 10,000 mental health apps uh, on Apple Store and Google Play today. So imagine 10,000 apps competing against 10,000 apps. And the surprise is less than 1% of these apps, they are backed by evidence, backed by science. So it's almost like 9,900 <laughs> apps that are just there selling snake oil, selling something that's not effective. And we are talking about something that's so important that if you are downloading this an app, that sometimes you are subscribing to a service and you are paying and you are in this like difficult moment in your life, you're not getting any outcome because it's not evidence-based, not backed by science. To me, is this is the hardest challenge is to create an app that's backed by science, that is delivering real outcomes and putting this in the market and having users to download this app and recognize that there is a difference here between something that's evidence-based and science-backed from those that are just, I would say, snake oil. They don't deliver any value. They don't deliver any actual results. They won't improve your emotional health or your mental health or if you're experiencing symptoms of depression and anxiety, you won't get any help from those apps. So standing out in this crowded market, I think it's a challenge. There's around 44 million people in the U.S. who live with some sort of mental or behavioral issues. I think 3 million are on your platform. Probably not all of them are with issues. Some people just try it out and they see it's useful. What's your core strategy on how would you would want to reach the remaining 40 million, let's say? What we are noticing is that there is a limit for expanding using just the consumer route. Thinking about just B2C, especially in a space that is crowded by a lot of apps that they are not backed by science. One of the ways to reach those people is to go where those people are looking for health care in general. And that takes us back to the beginning of our conversation that channels like insurance companies, telehealth companies, uh, hospitals, uh, mental health care organizations in general, that they have this capillarity, those 44 million people, sometimes they are already there knocking their doors, asking for mental health care. And those organizations are saying, we don't have enough doctors, we don't have enough therapists, or we do have a therapist here, but it's $400 per month. And people will say, I can't afford that. So our focus now is distribute Uber using those channels and helping patients and helping those organizations that right now are struggling to provide mental health care because they don't have enough mental health providers to do it. Thank you for sharing this. 
we'll shift a little bit the gears to talk a little bit about Jose yourself. What recent habit have you picked up that has positively influenced your life and your business? The recent habit. Now we are approaching winter here and I have this 14 month old daughter and I was skipping a lot of exercise days. And in a conversation with you for one day, I set a goal to go back to my exercise routine. And I can say that I'm back to my exercise routine. It's, it's been very, very effective at improving my mental health. I use exercise now more for as a mental health practice than for my physical health. So I think exercise and a little bit more, it, it came back to my life as a new old habit that was lost. Any framework or principles you follow that has helped you in building your organization? So the main principle that we use here at Uper is to be radically open-minded. I like the con. I don't know why I started with this idea. Maybe because I'm very open-minded or I try to be open-minded. I realized that this trait or this pursuit of, of open-mindedness is so important in an, or any organization that are thinking about innovation. Like you can't innovate if you're not open-minded, if you're not listening to your peers, if you're not constantly questioning your own ideas and being open to share your ideas. So this is the framework that we try to share here as one of the founding principles of our culture is to express our ideas, listen to other ideas and try to combine them to find the answers that we need for our challenges. Who's your hero, Jose? My hero. I have several heroes. I would say that my number one hero is my mother. I was raised by my mother. She was a single mom and was tough to raise two kids back in Brazil. And she's still alive today. So I used to talk to her every day and she's teaching me a lot of new things. And she knows that uh, I'm grateful for having her. And for sure, she's my, my hero. I have several others, but she's the number one. Amazing, amazing. And I'm pretty sure she's proud of what you've achieved so far with Uper. One last question. What's next for you? To achieve those 44 million lives that we didn't achieve, to reach those people that are in need, they are still struggling, that they don't have access to mental health care, and they deserve quality mental health care, effective mental health care. This is what's next for us. Jose, thank you for being part of our show, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. How can people reach you? If you have questions, if you want to give some feedback about Uper, you can find me at hamilton at uper.ai. And if you need a emotional health assistant by your side, you can download Uper on Apple Store or Play Store. Uh, most of the features of, of Uper is free and some advanced features that they are paid, but they are free to try for seven days. So if you want to reach me, the best place to do it is through downloading our, our app. Thank you, Jose, and have a great evening. Thank you, Hadi.
Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers. 